Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today. Coming up on NBA Today, we have some breaking news on LeBron James's injury. Adrian Wojnarowski is here with the latest on when we might see him back. Plus, did Jason Tatum, did he just send a statement to the league last night? And what the Bucks did to win their 16th straight, we dive into the top two teams in the East. And we have full reaction to Kevin Durant's debut with the Suns. Richard breaks down why his presence alone will help all of his new teammates. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. Alongside Adrian Wojnarowski, I'm Malika Andrews. Let's get right to the news about LeBron James with our senior NBA insider. Woj, what more can you tell us about LeBron's right foot injury and his timeline to return? Uh, Malika, the, the Lakers said today that LeBron James will be reevaluated in three weeks on what they're terming a right, uh, right foot tendon injury. Uh, you know, it falls in line with what we reported the other day that he was going to be out several weeks. And now three weeks for a reevaluation doesn't mean he's back in three three weeks. And so now you're down another 10 games in this window uh, inside of then the last 10 games of the regular season um, that ends in uh, early April. So I think for the Lakers right now, they are preparing for the possibility you know, that they've got to make their postseason run without LeBron James in this regular season. They probably don't have enough maybe right now to make a run to sixth as Darvin Ham hoped they would, but they certainly have enough uh, one game back from the 10th seed in the West in the play-in to hang around that with New Orleans, uh, with the Utah Jazz, and hope that they can be in playoff contention uh, when it's possible for LeBron James to come back. He's in a walking boot now and certainly i think you know the lakers at 38 years old a player of lebron james's stature you know they've got to play the long game with this and really think make a decision uh you know at some point this season if he's not ready to return you know i think about the risk reward uh, of trying to rush him back in, in any way uh to get to play in you know as a ninth seed or a tenth seed in the play-in so uh, certainly for now, the Lakers are preparing, you know, for several, at, at least three more weeks, but I think certainly at least a month uh, without LeBron James. And then it almost takes you now to the end of the regular season. At least three weeks until he is reevaluated. Adrian Wojnarowski, thank you so much for stopping by NBA Today. I want to bring Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter, and Brian Windhorst into this conversation because LeBron James, he posted earlier on his Instagram that he's already on his road to recovery. He's working out with his trainer, Mike Mencius. But this is, is devastating news. Let's not sugarcoat it for the Los Angeles Lakers. Richard, your reaction. Well, I, I think this is best-case scenario if you're talking about, about the Lakers. They have not ruled him out for the rest of their season. It doesn't sound mm. like surgery is something that's going to be needed. Uh, but I think the, the biggest 
uh, I would say stress for the Lakers is can this group, can this group get to a spot? Because I think everyone collectively believes that if LeBron James is healthy, if Anthony Davis is healthy and with the new roster, they can actually make some noise and cause some problems. The only problem right. is they've got to get there to be a problem. And so that's where a lot of the apprehension, I think, falls. And so a lot of it is just a wait and see. How can this group play? They were able to get a win last night on a scheduled rest day for Anthony Davis. That's playing with mm. fire, if you ask me. But ultimately, you know, they got the win. And so it's just a wait and see the rest of the way. Well, and you can see their upcoming schedule here. And, Brian, when I say devastating, I mean that LeBron James was just saying that this is the most important stretch in his entire career. It felt like they were gaining momentum and had a chance, and then all of a sudden we get this. You covered LeBron for years. What do you make of this? This is a gut punch to the Lakers because if you look at that schedule, it's a home-heavy schedule. Just a few days ago, Darvin Ham was setting the, the goal for this team to make the sixth seed. And, you know, that would have been hard to do, but it wasn't a goal that you completely say was impossible. Um, you had LeBron over All-Star break really showing a lot of confidence in the team following the trades. And so yeah. when you say reevaluate in three weeks, they're not just going to reevaluate LeBron. They're going to reevaluate where the team is and decide whether to push him back. And Malika, taking a step back, this is LeBron's fifth season with the Lakers. This is the fourth time he's going to be dealing with a significant injury at the end of the year. Uh, last year, shut it down. His first year with the Lakers, he's also shut it down at the end of the year. Two years ago, he had that ankle injury that he came back from basically early just to try to play in the playoffs. And he, he missed like 26 of the last 30 games and then and then you know, gutted his way through the first round series that they lost. This has unfortunately now become a thing for a, you know, a late stage career LeBron. And so when you look going forward, you have to plan that LeBron's going to have to deal with some injuries, even as great as he was playing earlier this season. Vince, where do you fall on this? Well, I think they, you know, they use LeBron uh, a lot. And that's a lot of it because of, you know, AD not available and, and, and they needed wins or they were trying to get wins and they were trying to figure it out earlier in the season. And you get yourself now to here. At the, at the end of the day, he was playing heavy minutes. And yes, he was getting scheduled rest days, but at the same time, like when you're playing, you're 38, you're playing 39, 40 plus minutes, and he, you know he can score with anybody. He's doing whatever he could to keep the team afloat. After a while, he he needs rest and he needed help. AD comes back. You think it's it's important? Like you said, it's important, and then things just doesn't work out. So right now, I think yes, they can get into the play-in. Yeah. Nine, ten, if you would, and then go from there. So like like all everybody said, what makes sense? in three weeks with LeBron is what matters most because he like he, he said also is he was excited about the team that they have moving forward so there's positivity positivity there so once you get into you see what you have this year next year you add the pieces you need to that team and you go forward so you have to be smart with the LeBron James yeah, just a bummer for a team that felt like they were building momentum. No mm -hmm. D'Angelo Russell, no LeBron James. We'll see where the Lakers go from here. Let's put a pin in that for now, though, and shift from one team missing their star to another one, adding one, because 20 days after being dealt to the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant, he finally made his debut for Phoenix. Let's go to the highlight now, Richard, because, man, oh, man, could this be fun in the West. Yeah, and again, what I'm seeing from this is that there's so many layers to this. Obviously, Chris Paul didn't have a great game, but I look for his assist numbers to be really high, especially as teams kind of key in on the best way to stop the Suns. 
But it's just, I, I, I think Kevin Durant's IQ is on full display. The man understands yeah. how to play basketball. He knows where to go. He knows his ability. Look, this is a cross-court pass where you have defense shifted on Devin Booker, as they should, and where they normally are. And then a cross-court pass, Kevin Durant gets an open shot. We know maybe the best mid-range shooter that we have ever seen, at least percentage-wise, it says that. He just has the ability to play basketball in a manner that you just don't know how to guard. Look at this. This man hasn't played in this man hasn't played in 20 days, and he comes out and has a double-digit first half. Yeah, it was incredibly impressive. And and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, such a one-two punch. But even when Devin Booker was off of the floor, Kevin Durant still a menace. You have to imagine that it's just going to be wave after wave with these guys. And how many teams have the wing defenders to to defend that? The only teams are really the Clippers, in my opinion, the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe right. Philly, but there's not a lot of teams that have it. The one thing that you can count on is the Suns. They do have a ton of talent. They're not extremely deep. I think that fifth guy is still a question. And so I think that's where I think the rest of the season is going to be figured out. Kevin Durant finished with 23 points, 10 of 15 shooting in 27 minutes. Devin Booker added 37 points, the most since returning from injury. Let's take a listen to both of them after the game. Today I was nervous, you know, it's a new team, new group. I want to do well, I want to play hard for them and, and be coachable. So I was thinking about all of that today, but once the ball was tipped, my teammates were incredible and making me comfortable, and I just tried to go out there and play my game. It's tough, you know, missing a month of the season, but I'm glad my knee's back right. I'm glad I'm just on the road to, you know, playing more and more minutes each game, and I'm looking forward to uh, what we can build from this. Uh, it was a good time. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, Kev, somebody that I have high respect for, and, you know, it's one of those moments that, you know, it doesn't really feel real. Um, you know, I'm a fan first, like everybody else. You know, same with everybody on the team, Chris, DeAndre. Like, I have a lot of respect for these guys, and, you know, I enjoy the, the art of basketball. So, you know, watching KD, one of the best to ever do it right here on my team, is something I never, never thought of. Um, but, you know, it's here now. It's a small sample size. I'm not particularly concerned about this, but we're going to show you the numbers anyway. The Suns, they weren't particularly efficient with both Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on the floor together on Wednesday night. It could be an area for improvement going forward as they continue to get accustomed to finding their spots together on the floor. But again, I mean, just one game. This this has the making of what did James Harden used to call it, scary hours. I want to bring Brian back into the conversation here because you were actually in the room where it happened. You were at Spectrum Center covering last night's game. What was your biggest takeaway watching? his debut in person. How much Devin and Kevin enjoyed it. Um, they couldn't hold their smiles back after the game. And look, we all mm. recognize they were not playing the 96 Bulls, okay? We know they were playing one of the worst teams in the league that just lost their star player. But this has been something that's been building for a while. They have wanted to be teammates for a while. They have been teammates for almost a month. And they definitely had a vision of where they could go. And the one thing I want to point out here, we're going to focus for the next few weeks. Can they do it this year? This is a multi-year partnership. This is going to be a window here. This is not the complete Suns team that they're going to necessarily have a year from now. There are some weaknesses on this team. In this game, as awesome as Durant and Booker were, only one other player scored in double figures. That was DeAndre Ayton. That's obviously worrisome going forward. But they definitely have this energy that's going between them. And the other thing is, 
when Booker is on the bench, Durant is on the court. It's kind of basic, but they're going to have one yeah. or the other of them out there at all times. The, the, the Suns bench is not that, that special right now, but the Suns bench, four bench players with Durant, dominated when they were on the court when they were on the court last night and that is going to open up their margin for error in a way that we haven't seen before but the thing i just couldn't stop thinking about was this new partnership malika because the mm. Kyrie partnership with durant and the booker partnership are so vastly different booker is just all basketball totally focused um he's younger he's bigger you know he, less nonsense more you know the main thing being the main thing this is a better fit for Durant, and I, and I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but I think they both can feel it, and last night they were appreciating the start. I think you said something so key, though, Brian, that one of those two is going to be on the floor at, at, this, at, at, at any given point. And that may seem like something that's basic, but when it comes to the playoffs, when you're thinking about defending these guys and having them come in waves, one after the other after the other, that's a little bit of a scary thought. Please do not go too far. There's a lot more to get to in this game. I do want to get Richard Jefferson's thoughts on this. Uh, it's a small sample size. It's one game, Richard, but your first impression seeing the Suns' new look together finally take the floor was what? Well, let me say this. They're not as scary as it used to be with, with KD when it was Steph and when it was Clay, but they pose similar <laughs> problems. It, it's very, very similar, and it gets a little bit into decision-making, and that's where I, I think this Phoenix Suns match is going to be so good. We're going to just show you a couple of clips here, right? Because watch this. You got Chris Paul handling on the pick and roll. KD, look, Devin Booker, you don't want to leave Devin Booker. He's in the corner, high efficiency. Kelly Oubre is just standing there, like, not doing anything. Now, we understand they're going to play against better teams, but watch this conversation. Conflict right here. Look, now you have the low man, and you got to worry about DeAndre Ayton rolling down the paint. So now Terry Rozier is in a depth. This is what Gordon Hayward is he going to run to Devin Booker and leave Kevin Durant? Now, again, this is not the best decision, best defensive team, but ultimately, this team, and whenever you play against them, you're going to have the decisions, you're going to have decisions to make, and none of them are good. None of them. If I had to run to Steph and leave KD, if I had to run to Clay and leave Steph, when you have a team that has these types of scores making those decisions, look, they'll keep coaches up at night. And let me say this. My best years as a perimeter player were playing with J-Kid and Vince. Why? Because J-Kid would get first or second best defender. Vince would get first or second best defender. Then I got the third best defender on most nights and it was barbecue <laughs> chicken. And I loved it. So great players like Vince, like J-Kid, they want to have an arsenal around them. So, VC, what did you notice in those nights? Or just in that one game that you saw? RJ, I, th I think it's well said. And, and Monty Williams is going to create more opportunities like that. Just think, pick and roll Chris Paul and eight and roll it. And on the weak side, you're the single def defender where you're like, well, do I go to Devin Booker or do I go to Kevin Durant? And we're going to see a lot of those options. And after a while, guys are going to start to stay home. Well, the lob threat there. So that this combination of guys are going to create a lot of things. And that's what I like about Kevin Durant is he's a, a willing passer. He's an unselfish superstar. He loves basketball. He cares about basketball. He'll do the right thing. When other guys are rolling, we've seen them before. When Kyrie was rolling in, in, in with the Nets, he was making sure they played through him. And when it's his time, it's his time. And I, I think this marriage is going to be special. And one thing that Wendy said I want to touch on real quick, yeah, I, I, I know it's a short window. I think if they don't get it done this year, next year, is going to be extremely important for him because after that, you start getting into year three, uh, getting a, a year or two removed from that. You don't want that. But Kevin Durant, Booker, Chris Paul, Aiton, mm. 
Yeah, Scary. no, I, no, I dig it. Look, when Kevin Durant left to go to Golden State, you felt like he was going to play a different type of basketball. He went to Golden State and played a different brand of basketball. They were very successful. Goes to Brooklyn. Obviously, it didn't work out in Brooklyn for you know a variety of reasons. But now, when he's in Phoenix, mm-hmm. it seems like he's playing, going to play a different brand of basketball, different quality of basketball. So we're excited about that. Coming up on NBA Today, has Jason Tatum reached superstar status after his 41 piece last night? Brian Windhorst on what he needs to prove this season. Plus, Giannis deserves more MVP love after the Bucks won their 16th straight. Look, I want you to know that you are going to hear my take on that. And do not miss Paul George's comments on being the best player on a championship team. All that and more NBA Today. We'll be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Grant Williams here with the Boston Celtics. We're here with Celtics All Access. I used to hurdle or try and hurdle in college. Did not go well. What you laughing at, Al? Being a Celtics is a privilege. You take a lot of pride in representing the city of Boston. As soon as I see and be like, relax a little bit, I know I got him. He's politely saying I'm cooking right now. (laughs) (laughs) Smart is like my favorite person to play with. Last time I recall, bam, I blocked your shot as well, your chunk as well. So, you know what I'm saying? That should let you know everything you need to know right there. Malika showed me video of your son at the All-Star game. Boom, boom. That looks like you Mm -hmm. a little bit. He's become quite the, the star himself. And I don't know who's more popular. <laughs> Do you feel that, the shift from being the, the hunters to the hunted? Uh, I feel it in teams, absolutely. Can we get back to the finals and have a different result than we did last season? That's what it's about. Man, yesterday was fun. Those were some highlights from our Celtics All Access. And after all that, They still had a game to play. So let's go there now. TD Garden, Jason Tatum and the Celtics hosting Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers. Richard, this was a fun game. Mike Muscala for three. No. All right. Clean up on aisle. Jason Tatum. No, it was impressive. The thing that I like most, again, after his first career ejection against the Knicks, didn't play well, has not played well since the All-Star break. Next thing you know, and this is what superstars do. They show up and they raise their level. He was outstanding tonight. He's going to get a rematch versus 
versus the Knicks and that ejection coming up shortly this weekend. But when superstars have an off night, kind of like a postseason, you want to see how they show up in the next game. And he was elite in this game versus the Cavs. This was, this was an elite matchup between two great players, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. It was impressive. Well, it was one of those things where just where you thought the Cavaliers were done, Donovan Mitchell just had an explosive show. But then he goes, hey, Deuce, can I have a little bit of a high that. five, a fist bump Jason here? Tatum, that's the most <laughs> proud I've been of you as a father, seeing Deuce not say what's up to the opposing team. I was proud of you. I think you're a great father because of that moment right there. Oh, boy. I'm I'm worried about your sons for many reasons, Richard. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, though, he almost launched a comeback all by himself for this Cavaliers team. Didn't quite pull it off. I spoke with Jason Tatum after the game. After a frustrating last game, what was working so well for you tonight? Uh, got off to a good start. Um, it just kept staying aggressive, right? What happened in the past is the past. You know, you can't change it. Uh, and it just felt good to get back home, right? All-star break, go right to Indiana. Yeah, it's been two weeks since I slept in my own bed. So uh, good to be home, good to get a home-cooked meal, and good to be back in front of our friends. This was the first win of the season that you all have had against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but the last two games, you, you've most recently played them back in November. What was different about this Celtics team as a whole tonight? Uh, I think our points off turnovers and, and uh, you know, giving up offensive rebounds. They're you know big, long team. Um, and both of those games went in overtime. You know, they compete. They're well coached. Uh, so it's going to be a tough battle every time, but you got to take care of the ball and uh, limit them to one, one chance opportunities uh, to give yourself a chance. Jason, thank you. So Jason Tatum, he bounced back in a big way after the slow start coming out of the All-Star break. It should be no surprise, though. He's improved his all-around game every season. He's boosted his scoring, his rebounding, his assists in each of his first six seasons. And most impressively, he's having his most efficient season of his career while averaging those career highs that you can see right there on your screen. So I want to bring the entire panel back here. Richard, by the way, when I, when I say that about your son, what is your son's initials? Uh, look, PBJ? Look, look, PB and J, you know, are, look, my kids got initials. Like, I, I don't even know. I'm still trying to figure out their middle name. Vince, why are you doing that, Vince? I don't, I don't, why, are you try, why are you trying to do that? Oh, my gosh. All right, Brian, let's, let's move on from this. <laughs> Tatum, has he cemented himself in your mind as a superstar? So I've got good news and bad news for Jason Tatum. The good news is he has played so incredibly the last couple of years. He's probably going to make first-team All-NBA for the second straight year that he has put himself in the top echelon of players. But the bad news is, is the expectations for those types of players to reach the superstar status is so, so... The, 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 what you have to clear is so high. And so last year in the playoffs, he had this incredible game in Milwaukee, road elimination game against the defending champs and he has a 40 point game it's unbelievable but then in the conference finals and finals and i don't know if it was the wrist injury i don't know if it was um the fatigue but his production went down and so he now has to surpass that to get back to the mountaintop especially when you're wearing the celtics green the expectations are already high when you're doing that so really 
he has got to come back this year and finish the playoffs in a better way than he finished last year. And that's what differentiates him from a guy like LeBron, from a guy like you know Giannis, you know guys who have done that. And he has the talent to do it. He has the team to do it. And he's going to get another opportunity to do it in this postseason. Mm. And there's no reason he can't. But even he, I think, would admit, Malika, that there is that one more jump he's got to make. And it's going to be the hardest one. Right. And then the proof is in the pudding in the postseason. All right, let's get to a team that I think we can all agree that if the Celtics want to get to the finals, they're going to have to go through, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Bucks, they are on a tear right now. They defeated the Magic 139 to 117 last night. They hit 26 threes, their most in a game this season. It was also their 16th straight win that's tied for their third longest win streak in franchise history. So they'll go for win number 17 on Saturday against the 76ers on eight. ABC. I'll be on the sidelines for that one. A little bit more on their win streak, though. They're now the 30th team in NBA history to win at least 16 straight games. Only two teams have scored more points during a streak that long, and both of those teams, the 59-60 Celtics and the 71-72 Lakers, they each went on to win a title. So, hmm, Richard Jefferson, I wonder... We talk a whole lot about the MVP on this show. Should Giannis be getting just a little bit more love considering how the Bucks have been taking uh, the top spot in the East during this streak? 100%. They should. Right? When I look at some of the last couple of MVPs, when you talk about great player, and there was 30 games missed by, I think, Chris Middleton, their second best player. We know how he was missed in the postseason. Drew Holiday missed a ton of time. And all of during that time, the one consistent thing that you can fall on was Giannis. He's averaging 30 points a game, 12 rebounds a game. And now their team is number one in the conference, number one in the NBA, and then they're on a 16-game winning streak. If this gets up any higher, look, at the end of the day, we can put a, top, a, a ton of onus on stats. Triple doubles, double doubles, leading the league in assists or rebounding. If your team is winning 16, 17, 18, 19 games in a row, I'm sorry. I'm a big win guy. If you win, that should vault your chances. And what they are doing is at an elite, elite level. They are getting into rare air in the NBA. So, look, look what, what Jokic has done and the triple-double mm. and where they stand number one in the, in the West, I love that. But when I start seeing historic stuff start popping up from a winning standpoint, that, to me, should just start to kind of be added to the resume when we start talking about Giannis and what he's done this year. Vince? No lies told. I agree with that. And, and, and here, here I'll say, you know, I, I, I say that about Jason Tatum earlier. I thought he was playing at that level and they were winning. Their team was winning. He was the best player on the winning team. And now you look at Giannis. I, I, I think he should be he should have more. Yeah. T- we should talk, we talk about him more as well about winning. You know, 16 games. Shoot, a five, six game winning streak is hard to do. They're on a 16 game winning streak where he's been playing extreme, extremely well with with other stars and without them. So, yeah, uh, no lies told there. But Giannis has said he won back-to-back MVP, and then he said, you know what, don't call me MVP again until I'm a champion. And now he is, and he's leveling up his game once again, Brian. 
Yeah, well, in Tim Bontemps' straw poll a couple of weeks ago on the MVP, I voted for Giannis. Um, and because right. I thought what he's done at both ends of the court this year is so impressive. And he's not been 100% healthy. He's been dealing with knee injuries to both sides. He's been dealing with a wrist-thumb injury ever since right before the All-Star break. And he still produces. And look at his team. They're not full power, Malika. Uh, Chris yeah. Middleton is still on a heavy minute restriction because of his knee injury. He's not playing in back-to-backs. He's not even starting. They, you know, have a couple of their key bench players, Joe Ingles and Jay Crowder, are still ramping up, and they are still winning. And it's not a commentary. It's not a comparison to Jokic. I'm just, this guy does so much for his team at both ends of the court. I just, I've, we've rarely seen it in the history of the league. So he had my vote two weeks ago. He's got my vote today. And how can he not when you consider that this team is now, the Celtics haven't done anything but win. The Celtics have been in first place since October, and they're still playing great. And they just got walked down by the Bucks because Giannis is driving that train. Mm. He has driven that train on a level that we have not seen very many times. And again, I know when we're talking about this MVP race, a lot of people, Jokic has been outstanding. He's averaging a triple-double. And a lot of people want to just check that box. Now, this was the issue for me when we're talking about this. The last three-time MVP, right, Bird in 84, 85, 86, right? Look at his team win, 62, 63, 67. Now go to the postseason, finals championship, finals loss to Magic Johnson and that loaded roster. Then they follow it up with an 86 and they win it again. Jokic, two MVPs. They had one more win than they did the year before. Western Conference semifinals, losing the first round. I understand that the MVP is a post is a regular season award. But anybody mm-hmm. that says that would be fooling themselves if after Giannis won the first two MVPs and they didn't give him very many votes and then he went and won a championship. And then after that, you kind of start changing the narrative. You can give out a ton of regular season award. Jason Tatum, his numbers, he could be an MVP on a year like this. Jokic averaging a triple-double. But I'm not going to get so overloaded on just specific stats. What I want to talk about is when you are winning at that level. Jokic, if his team ends up number one in the NBA, that's a conversation. But what Giannis has done is special, and it doesn't look like they're done yet. This is also why you don't give out the MVP in January. This is why you don't give out the MVP in February. It's because teams can continue to build, grow, and the narrative and and what the story is can change, and it looks like the Bucs are changing right in front of our eyes. I think Nikola Jokic's case for MVP, it is very clear and it is very legitimate. But Giannis's case, it deserves to be examined just a little bit further, particularly because Chris Middleton, you mentioned it, he didn't even play last night, Brian, and still the Bucks are rolling. We'll see if they can do it again on Saturday night. 17 games, can they win them all as they visit the Sixers? The Sixers visit the Bucks rather, in Milwaukee. NBA Saturday primetime game on ABC and the ESPN app. I'll be on the sidelines. Our coverage begins with NBA Count down at 8 Eastern. Still to come on NBA Today. Don't look now, but the New York Knicks, they have won seven straight. So our panel on what the secret sauce has been to their success. And it has been 61 years since Wilt's 100-point game with two 71-point performances this season. Do you think that we could see another 100-point performance? I mean, it's not out of the question. Plus, it's your favorite segment of the week. Vince Carter takes us to the upper room, baby. See who had the best dunk. More NBA Today after the break. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NBA Today. Let's get to the garden. Jalen Brunson continues to erupt for the New York Knicks. He had 30 points in the first half, 39 for the game. Their win streak is now up to seven games. Who would have thought? Julius Randle, three, no problem for him. Just an incredible performance there. You can see the top three teams in the East, they remain the same. Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia. But look out. Because the Knicks are making a push. They stay hot. They're staying close to the Cavaliers for that fourth spot in the East. And New York is a game behind, a game and a half rather, behind Cleveland in a suddenly tight race for home cards. So, somehow, some way, the Knicks having home court advantage in the playoffs, it's actually a legit possibility. Brian, how has New York been able to do all of this? Look, I know everybody in the Knicks uh, fan base was really frustrated when they didn't make the Donovan Mitchell trade last summer, and Stephen A. is still laying awake at night thinking about it. But (laughs) let's look at what the Knicks front office did do. They executed what appears to be the biggest coup in free agency by signing Jalen Brunson. And they signed him to a contract, by the way, that is well below the max. It is now already one of the better value contracts in the NBA. Gave up nothing to do it. I guess they gave up a second-round pick because of alleged tampering, but... um, just a tremendous move there. Then at the trade deadline, okay, they didn't trade for Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, but they did trade for Josh Hart. They are 7-0 since moving Josh Hart into the starting lineup. It has been the exact type of player that they have needed. He has helped them all across the board. And they stuck with Julius Randle, who had a terrible year last year. Other teams would have tried to get rid of him. They stuck with him, and he's come back to have an all-star season. So what's most important, besides all of that, is that they still have 10 tradable first-round picks, a whole bunch of young players, and a, 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 tr- a player in Evan Fournier who they can use as ballast in a big trade. At some point, they're going to get a chance at a superstar to add to this team. So, look, there's a big gulf between the top three teams and where the Knicks are. Let's be honest. But their step forward in their process this year has been as encouraging as we've seen in the last decade. And unlike two years ago, where it kind of felt like it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors in the COVID year, this feels more legitimate and it can be more built on going forward. Vince? I mean, I think it's a, a huge pickup. And, and yes, Julius Randle played 
Well, let's not say played awful. He didn't have a great year last year. So, yes, they stuck with him because they said, we can bring in a guy when he's not playing well. This is a guy who's not a superstar yet, but can get buckets for us, can make plays for us, understands time score, high basketball IQ, Jalen Brunson. And he's playing at that level. And now it allows Julius Randle to go out and play his game. And in the last seven games, Jalen Brunson's averaging 28 points, five assists. Julius Randle's averaging 27 points. Mitchell Robinson, 11 and 12 in four of the seven games. R.J. Barrett, so they're getting it from everyone, but it's because now you have a floor general that can go out there and he's cool under pressure. He's been in some of these moments, not the, the, the championship moment, but he's been in these moments where he can go out there and play the game and help uh, Julius Randle when he needs him, and it's been a great pickup. Yeah, no, I, I think the Knicks front office, like I know Knicks fans are always grumpy, and I like picking at them and messing with them because for the most part, Knicks fans are stupid, right? And they have been complaining and whining for years. Your front office has done an outstanding job. A plus. A plus plus. Now, I know you guys are going to continue crying and whining because that's what New Yorkers do. I love New York. I moved there when I was 21. Favorite city in the world. So you guys complain. But your team has been amazing. Your front office has been 10 out of 10. They won the free agency pickup in, in, in Brunson. I don't know what Brian is talking about because uh, alleged, if you're guilty, that's when you lose the pick. So when they were tampering, they gave up the pick. There was no alleged. It was, they were found guilty in a court of basketball law, right? So that, that, that's that part. And then they go get Josh Hart. He's an adult, and he's a great adult. I've been a fan of him for a long time because he fills in the gaps. He's a competitor. He's a guy that can knock down a three, defend multiple positions, take a charge, anything that you want. Great teams are littered with Josh Hart. That's why you go get a Josh Hart. That's why lots of teams want him. So you guys did it in free agency. You did it at the trade deadline. You didn't get the sexiest big name out there. You went and got the right name. You have the highest level of upward movement, as Brian said. So, Knicks fans, Knicks, congratulations. You guys, in my opinion, are the biggest winner of something this year. We haven't figured it out. I don't think that I've ever heard Richard Jefferson talk about the Knicks more glowingly, so I'm That's just going to say let's glowingly. get to break. That, let's, let's, get to break. let's get to break there. before anything else happens. Coming up next right here on NBA Today, we have some of our favorite dunks of the week. Vince Carter takes us to the upper room, baby. Don't go anywhere. This is going to be fun. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you have what it takes to enter the upper room? Show me what you got. Welcome to the upper room. It's over. It's over. So, 
We've had a full yes. week of basketball since the All-Star break. We've had time to think. We've had time to process. Vince, where are we going? The Polk upper Malika. room, baby. Let's go. Ooh. RJ, what are you doing? All right. I'm poking Malika, but I was like... My forehead feels like it looks, it's never looked bigger or shinier than in this studio, that but that's true. okay that because I'm true. still going to win. Richard, this is how it works. <laughs> we will all humbly present our nominees, humbly Richard Jefferson, to the one and only legendary dunker Vince Carter, and he will pick one and only one that gets bottle service in the upper room. It's gotten so intense in the past that they had to separate us. We are each in a different room this week, but don't worry, it will still be still intense. Brian, who you got? Look, I'm just here so I don't get fined because my submissions never win. So let's just, I'm sorry, Shadon Sharp, rookie from the 70s, or from, the, from the Blazers. This was a beautiful dunk. And Vince, let me just say, it takes a lot of guts to dunk on Draymond Green. It takes Ooh. even more guts to go chest to chest with Draymond Green. That's a fact. That is a fact. Not only he take it to the next level, it should have been, been a foul right there. And then no you're right. It does not take a lot of guts to duck on Draymond. With all due respect, <laughs> Draymond's, a, uh, I, Draymond's about six foot five with no bounce, bad body. And I, yeah, what you try to dunk on him nonstop. Why are you trying to water down Richard, his pick? I didn't say that. Do you, do you think you can top it? Like, you think I, what, what are you doing? Is this a competition? What are you doing? Who are you Is this a competition? Yes. Yeah, and I am the all-time yeah. leader oh, now she of it. So go now ahead. She brag. I'm watering down so go ahead. See if you can top it. Then I'm going to go, go, right, go with Draymond's young G, his guy. Show the Roll the clip because you know what? As a yeah. true Ooh. teammate, Kaminga, oh. the young fella, the yes. specimen, he's got Draymond's back. Oh, you going to dunk on my OG? I'm going to dunk on all y'all. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Tell, yeah, even, yeah, even Dave was like, ooh, that, that, that was nice. That young boy, nice. Oh, yeah, a bunch of business ooh. decisions made. Both of those guys jumped, and they were at his elbow. Look, I'm about to say in between them. At their elbow. They didn't really want none. Draymond, we got your back. We got your back. That was the type of teammates that, that you want. <laughs> kind of like when Vince would dunk on Zoe multiple times. I mean, it was nice. I mean, you guys both choosing matchups and dunks in the same game. Mm -hmm. Like, it's nice. It's cute. I thought about choosing those, too. But then I was like, no, no. There are levels to this. We need to give some love to what's happening in Charlotte. There's nothing else good that is going on there right now. Let's so keep Dennis it in Charlotte. Smith Jr., show him what you got, young man. Oh. Because at first when I saw this dunk, I was hey. like, oh, it's oh. all right. It's nice. Oh. And then I took a second closer look at it. Watch the closer look, Vince Carter, because he gets a tech after he was yelling so loud. He elevates. He gets up. The release, sir. You can't tell me that that's that not on, upper room worthy. RJ, is that on Struis? Yeah, yeah. I just well, do to we see count how he's going to this do we, one down. Do we count dunking on Max Struis? Dunking on Max Struis, is that, that's, like, <laughs> that's like abuse. Like, that's not like picking on somebody. That's like, come on. That's like dunking on it's Perk. Upper room. It's like dunking on Perk. Can you, you brag about that? Have you dunked on Perk? Okay. Uh, no. Every day on this show. No. Vince, Ooh, I got who one. you got? Uh, let me see. I like Wendy's a lot. Dennis Smith was good. No, you don't. Kaminga yes, was, was great. Kaminga dunked no, on the dude that dunked on his teammate. That's he dunked on two guys. That's all the time. Right. Payback. Okay, he dunked here we on go. two guys. 
Andre, right. come on, tell the truth. So I will never do this segment again. This is the truth. That's fine. This is the truth. Free bottle service. Um, I played in Memphis. J, J, J. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yes, oh. Jerry Jackson Jr. Welcome to the upper room, baby. <laughs> what are we doing? Stand you. Yes. Did you guys forget? Did you guys not see what he did? Look at this. Look at this. Not only did he dunk on Anthony Davis, yes, point him out. But when you dunk on somebody and you can do, you can Anthony roll Davis, down. Please. You can roll down their back. You can roll down. Uh, Anthony Davis got uh, hurt. Anthony Davis doesn't look Did, great after that play. This I, is six for money Jared ratings. Jerry does not look good after that. That okay. That's Jared, the best dunk. That's that. the best that dunk. You can't take the dunk. ball out. I, it's fine. I appreciate that. The standings still look great. Wendy, I'm sorry, Wendy, I'm I'm sorry we didn't even put you on Wendy, this. Jerry Jackson Jr. will be joining us next week on NBA Today. So it's it's all good. Congratulations, Jaron, and welcome no to the upper room. I'm no longer working the on this show. Am I clear? I, am <laughs> I clear for the show? Coming up right here on no, NBA Wendy, Today. Do no, that. you are not clear, Richard, because Paul George, he had some very interesting things to say about being the main man on a championship team. You are not going to want to miss that. Wendy and Richard. We'll be back when NBA Today returns. Vince, don't go anywhere either. <laughs> You're watching NBA Today. Tonight, the sixth place Clippers, they visit the fifth place Golden State Warriors in the Bay. Now the Dubs, they're looking for their fourth straight win after their 23 point comeback on Tuesday. On the other hand though, the Clippers, they've lost three straight, two of which were overtime losses to the Kings and the Nuggets. So this is a big one. Seeding implications on the line going down tonight in Chase Center. Before we go to break, the NBA family lost a legend this week. David Benner, the longtime director of media relations for the Indiana Pacers, died on Wednesday after a decade-long battle with cancer. And Benner, he worked for the Indy Star Tribune from 1974 to 1994 before working for the Pacers. And he was a light. He was always kind, he was always helpful, a little bit grumpy, but in the best way possible, and he was truly beloved. And Paul George, he posted on Instagram, one of the many lights in Indiana I was grateful to get to know. I love you, bro. Rest in heaven. I'll have plenty of stories and good laughs when I see you. NBA Today sends our condolences to Benner's friends, his family. He will be missed. Not a lot of people on either team realize that this was happening. Then we all realized that this was going to happen. The most amazing scoring performance of all time. 100 points for the Big So Wilt's 100-point game, it was 61 years ago to the day. It's a record that most basketball fans, I think they believe, will never be broken. But... This season, we've actually seen two 71-point performances. It's also the highest-scoring season since 1970. So, Vince, do you believe that someone is going to break the record, and if so, who? No. Let's stop this. 71, <laughs> like 100 points. Let, hey, let, let's, let's talk about this when somebody at least gets to 80 and we'll start talking about you know okay. catching 81 that Kobe had. Until then, yeah. Fair. 
Fair enough. Brian? Uh, Will averaged 48.5 minutes a game that year. He never came out. Today's players come out, especially when the game's lopsided. And if a dude yeah. has 70 points, the game's usually lopsided or in you know, some crazy situation. So, no. Let me be really honest. The two guys that scored 71 points, if they had a fifth quarter to play, they wouldn't go and hit 100. If they had a fifth <laughs> quarter to play. There was five yeah, I'm talking about overtime. Quarter, I'm talking overtime. about a fifth, 12 minutes up on the board. That's all I'm going to say. No, I – I tend to agree with you. Richard, here's the deal. I appreciate you, my friend. That's you held lie. it down in studio today. I do. I genuinely do. Even when I text you and you don't text me back, I knew you were by yourself in studio today. And I know there were seven cameras that were looking just at oh, you all and these your beautiful shots. face. I love them. Listen to me. This is what we're going to do. We're going to the gym next on NBA Today. <laughs> Just you know, I'm having like so guys. much fun in here by myself. I'm trying to figure out why Cracker, Cracker Barrel fired Brad's wife room is after rigged. all those years. What happened with Brad's wife? I need to know. Why'd you fire her? Welcome to This Just In, a fast hour around the world of sports and how I see it. I'm Max Kellerman. Mike McCarthy just said something that makes me think he's wearing too many hats. But maybe that's just what the Cowboys need? KD's debut didn't disappoint. Is any team in the West going to be able to stop the Phoenix Suns? And John Jones returns to the Octagon Saturday. Man, he derailed his career. Is he the GOAT anyway? Let's go. And we start in Dallas. Dak Prescott will have some new plays on offense this season and a new voice calling them. Kellen Moore is now with Justin Herbert in L.A. And Dak's head coach says... The change was needed on the Cowboys' offense. Mike McCarthy telling the Dallas Morning News, quote, Kellen wants to light the scoreboard up, but I want him to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I think when you're a coordinator, you know, but you're in charge of the offense. Being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little more in tune with everything. I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want the number one team in the league with a number of wins and a championship. Mike T, I understand the idea of playing complimentary football, but what do you think about those comments about Kellen Moore from McCarthy? Max, they're totally unacceptable. Mike McCarthy was Kellen Moore's boss. He fired him. You thank him for his services, and